0: Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself Regan Walsh and as ever my co-presenter Brad. In this week we are going to be talking a lot of football in action to look forward to. We have big games across the Premier League and in Europe. But as ever make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us from whether that be on ACAST, Spotify or apple podcast and make sure you are following us on twitter at off tc pod for all the latest news and stories from around the world of football and as i said i'm joined by Brad. and the last few days have been entertaining football wise well
1: depends who you're asking is probably because we always say this, but then you have to start thinking of the poor opinions of leicester fans and how sad they're feeling right now
0: yeah um That whole situation yesterday was just absolutely wild. I mean, we'll get on to that in a few minutes' time, but obviously this is our preview show and there is a lot to talk about this weekend, Um, mainly Sunday afternoon's game. Hopefully it goes ahead, uh, unlike last Sunday's game got called off uh, quite late on. Uh, It is obviously Chelsea versus Tottenham from Stamford Bridge. Big fixture to look forward to.
1: Yeah, a bit of a... They don't class themselves as full... Like, it's a London derby, technically. It should be. They never fully class themselves in that way, but it's no. a rivalry that it has, over the last few seasons, been a lot more fiery.
0: Yeah. Uh, obviously, the main thing being that like you've seen Tottenham improve over the last couple of years to make it that bit more of a rivalry. Obviously, we know both teams have actual direct rivals being uh, Arsenal and Fulham respectively, but it is one that has grown over the years in the Premier League and it's an interesting one to look into because Tottenham come into this game in a really good uh, run of form under Conte in the Premier League, still yet to lose under him. Whilst Chelsea themselves, they have been on a slippery slope in their recent fixtures.
1: Yeah, Chelsea have gone from total challenges to just being amongst the top three. They're, not, they're nowhere near champions. At this point, they can sing that as much as they want. Yeah, uh, Tottenham are on a pretty good run of form. And in the games that we've seen of them, they've already really looked bad in the Carabao Cup game, which subsequently was against their opponents this weekend in Chelsea.
0: Yeah, uh, like you said they were the poorest under-conte in that game. Obviously they've had hit and misses in the Europa Conference League as well, but that's a while back now. But, yeah, um, Chelsea, they've just completely fallen off the block. I mean, they're 12 points behind Manchester City, having played a game more than uh, Pep Guardiola's side, whilst Spurs are on the cusp of the top four, uh, having played like three games less than West Ham, who are in uh, fourth. So you've got to say theoretically it is fourth place to lose at this minute for West uh, for Tottenham. And then should they win the games, that would put them on forty-five. So realistically, should they win all three of them, they'd be level on par with what Liverpool are doing at this minute. So. That's one of the factors that Chelsea have got to be looking at. Is they don't have the games in hand like the rest of the teams around them do.
1: Yeah, like you, you could never rule out Tottenham from the top four. The second they appointed someone like Antonio Conte, who is a very successful manager and will demand the most out of his players.
0: Yeah, I mean that. I remember the, like one of the first few weeks after seeing like uh, his appointment, like under Nuno Espirito Santo, like the sprints that they were doing and distance covered was like one of the lowest, if not the lowest in the league. And now within weeks of Conte being appointed, they're up there within the top four or five in the league. And it has paid dividends to them because you've seen the rise that they've had this uh, last, what, two 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 and a half months or so since Conte was appointed. Yeah, a lot of that has
1: helped. Well, a lot of that, has led to them being a bit more defensively stable as well. And it mm. also helps that they're getting goals back in them again because Harry Kane's st- son sort of started to get somewhere now by the looks of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's getting goals here, there and everywhere. I mean, he's not got five goals in the Premier League in 18 games, which obviously isn't the best uh, run of form for Kane, but... Uh, for, for what we're accustomed to but it does seem to be that he is getting that bit of form maybe to help Spurs get uh, a lot further in uh, the race for the top four and then you obviously look at Kyung min son who's been probably their star player this season and he's also already chucked in with eight goals this season so if they can get Harry Kane firing again for this second half of the season it could become a good... Uh, end of the season for Antonio Conte's side
1: yeah and we're sticking on Son because he missed the game last night so whether he's available for this one against Chelsea we don't yet know it may be unlikely but that's going to pass because they've got Steven Bergwijn now
0: (laughs) well yeah I mean let's go on to that game for a brief minute in time Leicester City were leading that game for the majority of it and ended up losing uh, 3-2 in just possibly the most wild circumstances ever so they had a 2-1 lead from the 76th minute until the 94th and a half minute mark so that's a good 20 minutes they were leading 2-1 and then they end up losing the game because of two quick goals in like 90 seconds from Stephen Bergwijn Yeah
1: well that add a part with Wester after for Tottenham standpoint, I had to muster that one. It's the most un-Tottenham thing I think I've ever seen. And I have to say, the limbs that I've seen afterwards were joyous.
0: Yeah. And what's even more crazy, which is something I would imagine you were going to allude to in a couple of seconds, is Spurs have been looking to sell Stephen Bergwijn this January window.
1: I would they had two bids? And they rejected him, both from Ajax. Hasn't Fabrizio Romano said that in tweets?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, I think the last bit they yeah. submitted was like somewhere around fifteen to twenty million. So I think they want a bit more than that. Oh, he's just added
1: another zero to his price after what he did oh, last yeah. night. Which we're very same him at all. 100%. Now, because mm. he's clearly someone who's got something to offer.
0: Yeah, and if he can contribute with a couple goals a game, he does. Ease the workload on someone like Harry Kane for the remainder of the season, not having to push him to get 30 goals a year a season for him, because uh, they were his first two goals in the Premier League this season, which is crazy to see. Um, yeah, well, I think we that he
1: has been pretty poor for the majority of it. This this performance came out of
0: nowhere. Yeah, it's just unbergwine. Like because it before that game yesterday, you could understand why Spurs were wanting to sell him because, like you said, he hasn't really worked out this season at Spurs and his time yeah. at Tottenham hasn't really been the best. Maybe it was but his audition, then you look at maybe maybe they're just not gonna keep him, and that was just like, right,
1: go out there, win us the game, and we'll be able to sell you then.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, I mean they've got what 10-11 days left of the transfer window it'll be very interesting to see what does happen now for the rest of the window do Spurs actually sell Bergwijn or does he stay on for the remainder of this season it is something to definitely pay attention to but on Leicester in that situation it's just absolutely baffling that they managed to drop th- th- three points there it's baffling but I'm guessing you
1: didn't check out the full game I—I I'll, I'll didn't, either. But I'm going on the discourse of everybody else, and that's the that Leicester didn't really deserve the win. Mm. Apparently, it's... it was mainly Tottenham in the in the game, and yeah, but it doesn't excuse it. You can't collapse all that.
0: No, 100. You can't be like, no matter whether you deserve the win or not, you should still be able to hold on and, uh. Keep victory like conceding two goals as late as they did is unheard of. Like it's the first time uh, or the latest time that two goals have been scored in a game from a team that's losing that goal to win since obviously the Manchester City QPR game a decade ago now, which is just like very questionable of Leicester defensively.
1: I was going to say, was it comparable to the Aguero stuff?
0: I mean, obviously, it doesn't have the same ratifications. No, not not in the same stuff.
1: context and the moment that it was.
0: But mm. it it part it, it kind of is. Yeah. But well, at the same time, I'm looking at this as a neutral and thinking, Leicester over the last couple of years have been that team that do slowly start to bottle things like. Their top four over the last two and a bit years like most of the season they'll be in the top four and then they slip away and then it's just like is this not really something we should be accustomed to
1: you call it a Leicester thing but could you potentially be calling it a Brendan Rodgers thing because is this not the typical Brendan Rodgers way of things is this the start of the downfall is what I'm suggesting
0: or I did think that actually is. start quite a while ago? Is. I think it started earlier on this season. But, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it is typical Brendan Rodgers. I mean, you think of that season he was with Liverpool, how close they were to winning the Premier League, and then they slip away. Excuse the pun intended there. Um, with that performance. And it's one of them where question marks do have to be start getting as like, yes, he's a good manager and what he's done at Leicester, winning them, the FA Cup won't ever go unrecognised, but a 10th place finish this season for them? Question marks have to be there over his future, I reckon if they stay where they are for the remainder of this season
1: Yeah, the question is whether those discussions will be had in this summer or potentially in the middle of next season
0: mmm I mean, obviously we do have that month break next season with the World Cup. Do they make some adjustments then if they start uh, a 2022-23 season poorly? Yeah,
1: and it would obviously be dependent on how they start next season if they kept him as well. And mm. it wouldn't be the easiest of decisions considering the success that he has actually had. Like would the FA Cup with them literally in the last six months? No, not six months, seven like half a Seven year, to eight months. just around half a year. Yeah. And now it's not looking great, really. Mm. They've had their peak I mean, moment, really, and it doesn't yeah. feel like that they're going to reach those levels again.
0: Yeah. Um, going back to this weekend's fixtures, looking at their opponent, Brighton and Hove Albion, who have to go down as probably the biggest surprise of this season. Like they're above Leicester in the league. Uh, there's a four-point gap between the two sides. Obviously, Leicester have played two games less than the Seagulls, but I could see Brighton getting a result here this weekend. Yeah, well, they've,
1: if anything, I think they've had the better season. They've showed a willingness to, like, uh, nick something at the end of games, whereas mm. we've with Leicester, they've collapsed. Yeah. Like, this week against Chelsea, Brighton did again what they did at Stamford Bridge. Against them, they got an equaliser and held on. Yeah, and it's not and the first really time they've done strong. that. Strong. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's not the first time they've done that against other teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we look at the earlier meeting between the two sides back in September, Brighton actually uh, won that game 2 1 thanks to a pay penalty and a Danny Welbeck goal, even though it was a game that was highly dominated by Leicester possession-wise and uh, shots-wise, Brighton were just the more clinical side in that game. And it wasn't like what we've become accustomed to over the last month and a bit with their late goals. Like Their two goals came before Leicester even scored. So could Graham Potter's side go on and get uh, the three points again? It's not out of the question for me.
1: Yeah, I guess it's the case of us reiterating what we've said about Brighton in... Oh, I forgot what it wasn't. You you think of something literally seconds prior, and then the second you've got to say it, yeah, uh, it goes. Yeah, come out your head. Yeah. But I'm not going to throw the <laughs> toys out of the pram like a certain Cristiano Ronaldo did last night at, against Brentford. What was all that about then? Oh, a little <sighs> boo
0: I think it's just a man that doesn't want didn't want to be substituted obviously a professional as high as his standards he wants to play 90 minutes every time but I feel like the change maybe was needed I mean 2-0 up at the time 20 minutes to go I can understand why Rangnick took him off but then at the same time you look at Ronaldo's frustrations and you're like yeah a player of his quality wants to be playing every minute of every game possible but the important thing is United held on for the victory.
1: Okay, you're gonna have to ask the question. Sorry, what year is it? Mm. This this feels like a yearly thing now with Cristiano. Yeah, not surprising. I but you like, realise his his age. There has to be some compromise that comes in. You're not gonna oh, play yeah. every single minute.
0: No. what's the fact they seem to be playing better without you? Mm. And also the fact is like, he has missed the last two games previous to that with injury. Let's not forget, because he missed like both games against Aston Villa, one in the league and one in the FA Cup, through injury. So you don't want to risk him playing the whole 90 minutes. Yes, maybe this weekend he can play the full 90 minutes and maybe he could have played the full 90 minutes yesterday, but you've got to ease him back into it, coming back from injury.
1: Was well, this his Kepper and Maurizio sorry
0: moment? <laughs> I don't think it was as... Bad as that was, um, what three, four years back now.
1: Oh, we know why, why? it gets invited. It's because it's Cristiano Ronaldo.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, there's nothing to that to make realistic Like, like, yeah. like if any other player in that situation, it's not really something to go. Eh, this reaction is like someone who is worthy of like any comment and like. It's just a passing thing, like a player getting substituted and not being happy, because obviously no one wants to be substituted in football. But, like you said, because it is Cristiano Ronaldo, it gets spoken about. But, on the plus side for Manchester United, back on their game last night against Brentford, all three academy players scored. uh, Greenwood, Rashford and Anthony Alanga, scoring his first Premier League goal for the team, which, beautiful ball from Fred over to him though.
1: Is Fred turning into the Andrea Perla of this team? Strangely, yes. <laughs> like, like, what's going on with him? Because he started to get there.
0: Like, It's weird. It seems like Ralph Rangnick was the right manager for him all along. Who would have thought that Rangnick would be the man to get the best out of Fred, which is just absurd to see. But yeah, he's playing really well. God knows uh, that one
1: has happened but We'll see how long that lasts But uh, let's run through some other games I want to start with what is Friday night football With the big six points there between Watford and Norwich So I would like your thoughts on that please
0: I mean didn't you call it the 12 pointer at the weekend At the start of the week It feels like that a little bit
1: But in Kane Ranieri's case He's watched Rafa get sacked for losing to Norwich Is he going to have the same thing happen to him? Yes just, just like that we're, we're, You're going to go straight in And predict the
0: Norwich win I'm not predicting a Norwich win But if Norwich win Oh you yeah you're not <laughs> No But if you look at uh, Watford They haven't been good at all this season They've managed to pick up the victories And points here and there But let's think Norwich were what 6-7 points behind Watford a few weeks ago. Now they have the chance to overtake Watford and drop Watford into the relegation zone, which is not something any of us would have thought at any point of this season.
1: The Dean Smith effect. Yes. I mean it's <laughs> you know become what? He's gone from Dino's tricky villains to Dino's tricky canaries.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's not something you want to be coming up and facing in the league, but Oh no, that I still see Norwich as a pretty below-average team. Oh, yeah, they're still god-awful. But if
1: they manage to survive... We've seen them look good against teams that are playing just as bad as them. A... Mm.
0: Like, if they survive this season, then he's done a miracle work there, considering how bad they have been this season. And I do think a victory for them this weekend against Watford is the final nail in the coffin for Ranieri's tenure. And it would make our pre-Christmas predictions... Right, as like they both wouldn't see out the remainder of the season. Him and Rafa Benitez.
1: I've actually completely forgot about who did we say was going first. Did I? Also said Rafa, didn't I?
0: I can't remember. No, I can't remember. We're gonna have to listen back to our old podcast to find out. No,
1: that. actually, I think I did say Ranieri.
0: Yeah, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if a defeat sees the end of Ranieri's tenure, and Watford are looking for their six hundredth manager in six years. Nice to go.
1: Speaking of new bosses, let's move on to Everton against Aston Villa because Big Dunk's back in the dugout
0: come on, everything we ask for, Big Dunk in the dugout for the rest of the, well for this weekend at least,
1: J- just not when they're coming up against my Aston Villa <laughs> t- team, this is my well, worst nightmare, why
0: uh, what does it always happen against us, we always face the new manager and like you said, you end up being the charity for them as well could that be on the cards yeah, this weekend,
1: I think there's every chance just because I've watched my team so much in this situation and we just give them things that they need Mm. we 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 see with Manchester United they look so bad yet win games Mm -hmm. at times we look so good and lose games yeah we're the opposite and I worry that could happen this weekend
0: Mm. it's going to be one of them where I feel like Big Dunk will get that team rolled up and like properly at the walls, ready for anything. Not even just
1: the stadium's going to be fired up. I've already seen posts like, I can't wait for Saturday. They've not said that
0: all season. No. And it's going to be a very telling story. But then you get to look at the Villa front and uh, you realise like, Coutinho came in the other day against United in the league and had a Good performance, getting a goal, and I actually wouldn't be surprised to see him come in from the start this weekend against Everton.
1: Yeah, I don't fully know at this moment in time. We've not had Gerard's comments yet. I that it could happen, mm. but I wouldn't be one hundred percent. I know that Luca Dean probably will start in his return to Goodison. Yeah, which would be very interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean. That whole thing itself is just going to be very interesting to see what happens as to like... Yeah, they were booing. No, I don't see that happening at all. But it's one of them where could he bring that X factor? Because he obviously he, he knows Everton inside out and he could find that bit of weakness that they have in their squad and maybe yeah. fire Villa to uh, a victory.
1: Yeah, that's just the last thing with Everton because who have we seen come back from injury? in the last few weeks for them.
0: Just their Brazilian star boy up top. I
1: oh, was thought about the other striker.
0: Who is the other one that was out? Calvert Lewin. Oh yeah, I forgot about I genuinely forgot about Calvert Lewin. That's how long he's been injured. He's been too busy doing fashion adverts. Oh, let's not get into his fucking fashion, Jesus Christ. That
1: yeah. No, you will be turning into Mike Graham at this point <laughs> if you start doing all
0: that. <laughs> I mean, he's got all football. Anyway, uh back to the football this weekend.
1: Well, I, I was still going to add, because Calvert Lewin's obviously just come back, hasn't got a goal all season. If I was a betting man, and it wasn't against the table support, just
0: leave that there. <laughs> Incoming Bryce, please don't. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm breaking it. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, well. I'll give all your thoughts because you didn't really go for it because Manchester United are playing West Ham this weekend in a big six battle
0: Yeah, I don't know what to expect or should I say absolutely massive six battle mm. I'm really not too certain what to say because United has been so topsy-turvy this season and even under uh, Ralph Rangnick nothing has been clear as to say this United team could absolutely pack in a team and comfortably win the three points and then you think back to the performance against Wolves and they looked shambolic and I'm just not too certain as to what to expect I mean, just think back to the drama of that first game of this season between these two sides Jesse Lingard scoring that 89th minute winner and then Mark Noble coming off the bench to miss the penalty for it to get saved and like he, he was just That whole game was just crazy, like that last 10 minutes. And I'm hoping it's a more controlled uh, 90 minutes than that one back in September. But Jesus Christ, I'm not too certain with this United team and what 11 starts.
1: Yeah, there is all that, but you've also got to look at how West Ham were last week against a Leeds team that have been pretty poor as well. West Ham weren't great last week so in a way that could work both ways West Ham are probably going to be more up for it and they'll want to bounce back or they stay in a similar form but if there's someone out there who is after a good performance at Old Trafford because he hasn't had many of them
0: it's David Moyes (laughs) Mm, it's one of them where uh, it's literally (laughs) written in the stars for that to happen but a victory for United would actually see us move above the Hammers Uh, on to 38 points and we have played a game less than them so there's that um, good factor if United get a victory this weekend against the Hammers Um, surprising that's not on TV considering it's such a big game it's 3 o'clock on a Saturday well let's be honest, some of the TV schedules this year have
1: messed up completely but uh, I'll run for you. The game so you have Friday night Watford against Norwich, Saturday, he has Everton Aston Villa, Brentford Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, Manchester United against West Ham, and Southampton against the champions Man City. 9
0: 0 incoming, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. I'm giving them no hope at all on that one. Uh, and the uh, Sunday fixtures
1: about well. Arsenal take on Burnley as of recording, it probably won't happen though. C- Crystal Palace against Liverpool. Leicester Brighton and Chelsea Tottenham are mm. for decent uh, weekend of fixtures. What about the prediction Arsenal Burnley is it happening? Yeah, I think it does. But if it gets called off we know it's not going to be Arsenal's fault.
0: Yeah, I mean I've literally seen nothing on it uh what do you call it so far to say it's getting postponed so I'm bloody hopeful it doesn't get called off.
1: But then again we didn't know about we didn't know about Burnley Everton before it was it Burnley, yeah, it was Burnley oh, yeah. I
0: mean Burnley haven't played in oh, nice. what seems like six years in the bloody league no one knows
1: what's happening with Burnley mm. is it weird how quiet it is yeah I mean this week you already, you already hear about it like, the day before yeah. the game
0: like this week it's been really quiet I haven't heard anything about them like potentially having the game called off or any players back it's a strange one
1: we move on because I would like you to start so about the European games because there's news in L- Spain I believe oh,
0: yeah, there always is news in Spain, never ever right off a Spanish story being quiet because the main story over the last few hours today uh, for us recording is that Usmano Dembele will not be selected again for Barcelona for the time being he hasn't been selected for their game against Athletic Club Bilbao uh, tonight as of recording due to the fact that he hasn't signed a new contract it comes down after reports of him wanting crazy uh, stuff including his contract um, and understandably Barcelona aren't willing to enter ne- negotiations for it considering they've just signed Ferran Torres
1: what mm. a mess they spent 126 million on this guy all those seasons ago when he was a bit of a prospect hmm injuries have hampered him so it's partly like just unfortunate circumstances and the fact that he hasn't been good enough when he has played as well yeah
0: I mean it's like it makes sense as to why Barcelona are doing this because like even if he wanted just a bit more than what he's currently on and it's been it's a reported 210 grand a week what he's on which is baffling considering like the amount of games he's missed through injury and all sorts. So you can understand like Barcelona... It costs that
1: much just to repair his hamstrings.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but it, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Like We've got to a situation where he has six months left on his contract. Barcelona are a club who are trying to restructure players' deals so they can sort out their wage structure better and try and get out of the crazy debt that they're in so for me it makes perfect sense as to why Laporta and the rest of the Barca board have decided to do this
1: yeah the whole thing is it needs rectifying it sounds like they're making the steps to do that mm. the question will be who is going to actually take the punt on Ousmane de Ballet?
0: well that's the question who does it and is there a team that does it because at the same time we could be in a situation where this time what in 10-12 days the transfer window slams short and he's still at Barcelona and they're going to be having to pay because I doubt he's going to want to cancel his contract with 6 months left and then Barcelona are in that sticky situation of do we sit him on the stands and continue to pay his 210 grand a week or does he somehow get back involved in the squad but then you look at the fact that he could have some certain incentives in his contract like mm. any more appearances made or uh, goal bonuses assist bonuses and you're like Ooh. that's one of them where you don't want him to be involved in the squad and then Den Bailey's point of view in that is if he's not playing for the rest of the season who's going to look at to sign him in the summer
1: yeah and um, Zyla Borsa is in his office just thinking are there any football clubs out there with a lot of money to spend? Say so, um, I don't know, maybe you have are uh, backed by Saudi money. Um
0: perhaps. I've got I've got one off the top of my head, they play in England in the northeast. Go by the name of Newcastle United. Does that ring a bell to anyone?
1: Because he goes, what the hell's a Newcastle? What, you buy me a Newcastle? I'll take that to live in.
0: Were they in the Super League? (laughs) Uh, Never heard of it. But I mean, like, currently, um, again, we're not sponsored by them, but Skybet have got them as the favourite to sign Dembele. Again, I genuinely just think that is down to the money that they can spend. But if you look at that for Dembele's career, is... Is that a good move, considering if he does go there, January, they could be in the championship next season, which is not something you want to be doing as a player at his age.
1: It isn't, and I feel like he will be looking for a club that's in a better mm. situation. All what he talks, and he does go there for a winner. It's... Oh
0: going to be interesting to see like what a, uh, wages are going to be offered around to him and what clubs, if any, make a move for him over these last two weeks of the transfer window.
1: It, it would just be a very weird fact seeing Usman Dembele on the wing before he pulls up for a hamstring injury, go for the cross, uh, but then sees that he's got Chris Wood in the middle yeah. to try and head it,
0: <laughs> Which is just absolutely hilarious to potentially see. Oh. but I mean just having a quick look before we continue with the Spanish stuff this week uh, some of the other clubs being linked with Dembele they've got Chelsea as second favourite to me that makes no sense at all then uh, I'm not going to go through the whole list but you got Manchester United third favourite I mean he always is constantly getting linked with a move to Manchester United it seems every blooming year since uh, he's arrived at Borussia Dortmund Uh, And then PSG for uh, Inter Milan and Juve also on there as well. So, I mean, just having a look at the few clubs, I'd genuinely say Juventus would make the most sense because obviously they lost Chiesa the other week to an ACL injury, so that's eight, nine months he's out for. But I don't feel like they're the type of club that will be willing to spend his wages on him. I don't know, it sounds like a very Juventus Mm. thing
1: to me. I had a point with, you know, it as well. Why wouldn't you want him? Is it because you've already got a, another underperforming winger who's also a prospect?
0: And French. I know you're on about Rashford. And, I know you was on about I Rashford on like in that English situation, one. but I was <laughs> No, no, I was on about the other one. I was on about the,
1: the seventy-three
0: million one. Eh, we'll, let's, we'll keep Jade and Sancho out of this conversation for now, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm... Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rashford as well I mean, he is underperforming you this, this season Let's be realistic But yeah, the whole situation with Dembele He's out of form now, what are you at about? <laughs> this whole situation with Dembele Is just going to be very interesting to see If any club does make a move for him Over these last two weeks or so
1: mm. I Can't call it, if I'm honest
0: Personally, I don't think anyone does Unless we have like a shock Like the last few days of the transfer window I don't see anything happening Right, um, anyway, back to looking at the rest of the stuff in Spain this week. So, um, today there's one game uh, between Getafe and Granada. Uh, Then on Friday, there's Espanyol versus Real Betis, which I think is going to be a real uh, easy win for Betis, who sit in third place in the league, which is absolutely baffling to see. Real Betis that high up in La Liga. And then uh, on Saturday evening we have Atletico Madrid versus Valencia in a big big game for Atleti who have slipped down to fourth in La Liga and are having a really bad season under Simeone
1: again not the season that was expected after obviously being the champions last season a lot of it has been down to the strong because haven't been good enough I
0: don't know they've just not been as consistent like It's gone under the radar how poor they've done this season. Like, their top scorer in the league is Angel Correa with seven goals. Uh, Obviously, Suarez also has seven goals as well. But it's no one's talking about how bad it is because of what's happened at Barcelona. Which is obviously also appalling to see. But it's a really bad season for Simeone's side. I mean, they sit 16 points behind Real Madrid. I know they've played a game less than uh, the City rivals, but it's crazy to see how bad they've done this year.
1: Yeah, it's not just because of Barcelona stuff and everything has gone there. Real Madrid as well, yeah. they're back almost, just mm-hmm. running away with the league again. So, yeah, that's gone under the radar, slightly.
0: I mean, it is really baffling, because I'm sure I've seen stuff this week where like they're already out of the... Uh, Spanish Cup they lost uh in the Copa del or the Super Cup that they had the other day. They just about scraped through to the last sixteen of the Champions League this season and obviously they face Manchester United in about a month, month and a half's time. It's gonna be very, very interesting to see what happens for with Atletico for the remainder of this season.
1: You also forgot the last part and it's that
0: they're going
1: to be selling their best striker apparently him, according to Twitter
0: uh, leaving the club this summer uh, this window, maybe in the summer uh, and then I don't want to give my opinion on that stuff if I'm honest <laughs> uh, just the final bit of the games in Spain this weekend Real Madrid host Elche on Sunday afternoon and uh, Barcelona they travel to Alaves on Sunday evening uh, so yeah it's going to be a very telling time in La Liga for a lot of uh, well Barca and Atletico over these next uh, two weeks or so with transfer window stuff and can they get their seasons back on the track uh, elsewhere in the world of European football we'll head over to the Bundesliga now and Bayern Munich continue to do Bayern Munich stuff and this weekend they travel to Hertha Berlin who are 13th in the league so I'm expecting an easy win there for uh Julian Nagelsmann's side I nearly forgot who is in charge of Bayern Munich then <laughs> that I have. Yes, I have no idea um, We have a very good game in the t- uh, sense that Hoffenheim will be playing Borussia Dortmund on uh, Saturday afternoon which is definitely one to watch for those that are neutrals of or don't really have a keen interest in the Bundesliga because it's second versus fourth, obviously there's a big points gap between the two sides but It is definitely a game to keep an eye out on uh, this weekend. And then elsewhere, RB Leipzig to play Wolfsburg on Sunday afternoon. So a few good games to look forward to over in Germany this weekend. Uh, Over in France on Friday evening, Lyon play Saint-Etienne in a game that should be an easy victory for Lyon, despite their poor season, because Saint-Etienne are having a god-awful season, sitting in 20th place, and obviously... They are pretty much guaranteed to be relegated. I mean, there's a five-point gap between them and Bordeaux in 19th, so it's not the best of seasons for them, hence why Claude Powell got the sack from there. Uh, elsewhere, uh, PSG, they don't play until Sunday. Uh, they play against Rem. Uh, so, again, should be an easy victory for Pochettino's side. And then second place, Nice. They travel to Metz on Sunday lunchtime. So should be easy victories for those two sides. And then over in Italy, finally, what a game we have Sunday evening. AC Milan, Juventus, quarter to eight. I am excited as hell for this.
1: It's one for all the nostalgia merchants, mm. which... We all are. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Of course we are. And if Juve uh, get a victory here, they would move on uh, just four points behind AC Milan. So it's one of them where they've had a bad season considering we know the great success that Juve have had. But I did say they bring uh, in Max Allegri and they will slowly turn it around and get so far into the league. And I think this is going to be a proper cracker. And I do believe, although... I'm not expecting him to be in the matchday squad Aaron Ramsey is back uh, To full uh, health After having Covid So we may potentially see him
1: Not that he's a crucial player for them
0: anyway. No because uh, There was reports earlier on this Window that they were Planning to get rid of him Uh, But one player who
1: The AC Milan fans are now Easing themselves down a bit They're not so worried
0: Yeah, um, We look at the AC Milan side Obviously we know what Zlatan Ibrahimović can do and the rest of that team can do. But they'll be wanting to bounce back after an embarrassing defeat the other night to uh, Spezia. They, where they lost 2-1, a 96-minute winner from Emmanuel Giorci, uh handed Milan defeat there. So not the best of uh, reactions to uh, defeat there for Milan, hopefully. Uh, elsewhere in the league... Inter Milan they travel or they play host to Venezia on Saturday evening and then the game after that sees Lazio versus Atalanta um again again that usually has a bit of nostalgia but Lazio are having a bit of a poor season compared to Atalanta and finally Napoli play bottom team Salonatana on Sunday afternoon so it should be an easy win for uh, the side from Naples there right I will hand it over to you now for the predictions league.
1: Can do that, alright. Really feels we talking about ages. Mm, I agree. So going straight in, I want you to first predict Watford against Norwich.
0: Uh, so that's why you was talking about me not giving a pff, talking point earlier in the game when we was talking about that preview. Um, I'm going to go with Norwich to win one nil.
1: This is a very ballsy call. Mm-hmm. That from you. I am not confident enough to do that. I say one one. Okay.
0: I also say with that result, Ranieri gets the sack. I think come Saturday lunchtime before the Everton Villa game, you'll hear that he's been sacked. You don't get any extra points. No, I know, but that's the trash. That's what I'm saying happens.
1: You're now trying to rig the system in your favour. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Honestly, if you somehow start going ahead, I don't want to hear the words, stop the <laughs> Right?
0: <laughs> you know me too well, because that, they would be the very first words I say. Oh, thanks, Donald.
1: <laughs> <laughs> game with it, I want you to predict Brentford against
0: Wolves. Ooh, that's, that's not a game I would have had you picking uh, for us, but I'm going to go Wolves to win 2-0
1: i go on for a 1-1 in
0: this one as well.
1: Jesus Christ, have you just gone 1-1 all weekend? No, nope, but I've gone pretty similar for the rest. <laughs> oh,
0: for God's sake.
1: Game of of course. We have to be predicting Chelsea against Tottenham.
0: Yeah, uh, understandable there. And I'm going to go with Spurs winning this 2-1. And there goes our first same scoreline because
1: I'm also going for a 2-1 Spurs. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting.
0: Also, I've just realised I've gone with an away win every game so far. Mm,
1: that's nice. Fourth game.
0: <laughs> it's first from uh, the European <laughs> or random games. Of the Fourth weekend.
1: game. Of course, I was going to make you predict AC Milan against Juventus. Um,
0: oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, I am going to say that finishes as a Desmond two-two for me in that one.
1: I have a winner. In This one, and I think it will be AC Milan. Okay, they're gonna win 2 1.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the next one you got for us in La
1: Liga? Atletico Madrid play Valencia. Uh,
0: Jesus Christ, I'm gonna go 1 1.
1: I've gone safe, I've gone for 2 0. Madrid,
0: mm. I mean, I don't know how safe that even is anymore. He feels safe. Mm. Go on, final game,
1: and for the final game. You like the Netherlands, correct?
0: Yeah. I'll take that as a yes. (laughs) Yes, that is yes in Dutch. Right.
1: (laughs) So I'm sure you're aware that this weekend the biggest club fixture in the country takes place this weekend.
0: Yes, everyone does love this big game in the Netherlands on Sunday afternoon.
1: PSV take on Ajax. And if I'm right, because I didn't check the table before but so I remember seeing it. Could we always get a PSV still top mm-hmm.
0: There's a point between so the two sides
1: hmm. So there's a lot to It's a very tough odds to go with mm-hmm. Which is exactly why I've gone for Ajax to win 2-1
0: <laughs> I mean you haven't even let me get my prediction out of there Jesus Christ I just said it It, it worked in the job okay, uh, I've gone for a second Desmond I'm going for 2-2
1: I've gone for low scores in every
0: single game, pretty much. Mm, and I've gone for a bunch of away teams to win. So I've gone with three away teams to win and then the last three games have gone four draws. <laughs> uh, right, um, a reminder, heading into this weekend, there's a five-point gap between us two. Uh, you're on 70 points. I'm on 65, heading into this weekend's games. And uh, as we always do, we always get that extra point in fantasy. Uh, so actually, I should be on 66 points because of this midweek fantasy because i beat you on fantasy points because i got 86 and how many did you finish on this week
1: i finished on 49 i i'm sucking at fantasy football at the moment
0: yes so it's actually a four point gap between us uh have you made any changes to your squad this weekend
1: one change very simple odds and edward has gone out and neil mobe has come in
0: Mm, and i've also made a very simple change Uh, Trevor Shalaber out, Trent Alexander Arnold in, and he's captain in my side this weekend as they play Crystal Palace Liverpool.
1: Yeah, I should probably mention I've changed my captain from Jorginho, who absolutely sucked, Mm -hmm. and it is now Bernardo Silva.
0: No, it's not Bernardo Silva, it's Joao Cancella.
1: Sorry.
0: I mean, same team, different positions. Um, Right. Cancella's getting dropped, (laughs) now. Please don't, because I've also got him in my team. Uh, Pope listens, we know this, Bonner. Yes. <laughs> He's one of our listen- many listeners from across the globe. Uh, final bit of talk before we wrap mm. up is the African Cup of Nations, once again, is providing a lot of storylines this week. Uh, the main talking point I've seen was uh, between the match of Ghana and Comoros, where Comoros scored their first goal and got their first win ever at the African Cup of Nations, beating Ghana 3-2. Obviously, that wasn't enough for uh, Comoros to get out of the African combinations, but it did mean Ghana finished bottom of their group with uh, one point and Morocco and Gabon both progress in that group
1: Ghana went out to a team that I genuinely didn't know existed uh,
0: they're ranked 132nd in world football
1: I did not know it was a country
0: yeah, very uh, hot country and a uh, great flag I'll give them that
1: Gen- I-, I like what i I'd like to speak, I'm pretty good at my countries. Clearly, I'm not so good because I've never heard of
0: some of the ones that are competing this year.
1: Like, come on, I've said I've also seen Mauritania. I've yeah,
0: never heard. Sorry, <laughs> just never heard of uh, Yeah, elsewhere in the uh, teams that have qualified for the knockout stages, we have Cameroon and Burkina Faso, Senegal and Guinea, uh, and Nigeria and Egypt have both gone through. Uh, we, are, we are set to head to the final match day. In group E and F, uh, we've quite a lot to play for in both of those groups in terms of who can go through. Uh, so there is a chance that Algeria, as it stands, will be going out, finishing bottom of their group. Which is probably the
1: surprise because people
0: were fancying Algeria yeah. a little bit. So that would be very shocking to see uh, them go out. And uh, However, it would be good news for Manchester City as Riyad Mahrez would be back. Oh, like no, they need him. Well, yeah. I mean, like we said, the league title's already done and dusted, so it's not something they need or want necessarily. Uh, right, that is the end of this week's podcast. Uh, we'll be back in our usual spot uh, at the start of next week to wrap up all the talking points from around the world of football. I feel like we have to apologise for
1: the lack of Peter Drury. That is quite a something award this week.
0: Yeah, um, I
1: actually haven't seen anything
0: worthy of it, so...
1: Yeah. Maybe people need to start telling us things.
0: Mm. You know our Twitter. We tell you this every episode. <laughs> yes, at the start and at the finish. And just for a reminder, it is at off T C pod. And that is where you can find all our episodes. Technically it's now the listener's fault if there isn't an award. <laughs> <laughs> and also ours if we don't find anything this week. Which I'm hoping there is.
1: We'll do enough work as it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do to be fair. Uh, right, we'll be back at the start of next week. Uh, to wrap up all the weekend's action and any talking points including the future of Usmani Dembele maybe uh, until then like, comment and subscribe follow us on Twitter and all other social medias and until next time it's goodbye from Brad so, yeah. and it's goodbye from me, we'll see you soon